Saturday episode of Free Talk Live. Phones, as always, are open for you here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And the captain. We got a lot in the news that we can discuss here tonight. Last night, if you missed the show, you can always go to freetalklive.com and download back episodes there that go back for years But on last night's show, we did talk a lot about the Texas elementary uh, shooting and how the police just kind of hung around for a while before bothering to go in and do anything at all uh, in regards. How how do you actually pronounce that town name? Is it Uvalde? I'm going to guess Uvalde or Uvalde. I I don't know. I've I've only read about it. I haven't. I'm not really watching videos on my phone these days. People keep sending me links to watch videos on my phone. And. You know, I'm of the age now where, like, I remember when TVs were small and black and white and then color, and then everybody, like, suddenly was scrambling to, you know, get the largest TV they could, and then the flat screens came out, and they got even bigger, you know, and then HD came around, and they got even bigger, and so, like, to reduce the size of video to, you know, the size of my cell phone now it just seems ridiculous to me. So I try to not watch videos on my phone, I guess is what I'm saying. So I haven't listened or heard anything. I've only read about all the things going with the Texas shooting and that kind of thing. So I haven't heard anybody pronounce it, so that's why I ask. Well, welcome. Uh, it's uh, Ian tonight. Beakless Mountaineer. And the captain. Uh, so we got, again, a lot to talk about. But actually, Tom in New Hampshire called in to start things out here tonight. Uh, and that's what we do. We take your calls. So, Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, I logged on to uh, Senator Maggie Hassan's website. I, I sent a, used the contact form and uh, sent her a, a constituent message. And I've also been going on Twitter and stuff like that, uh, answering, you know, replying to people about that mass shooting mm. and pointing out that, you know, parents were getting called from their children and they rushed to the school. Oh, I got to get my kid. I got my kid. And the cops were blocking them. That's right. They might have been able to get in. Some of those children might still be uh, with us today. Uh, if the ch- the parents bravely go to rescue their own children. Well, there was but, one lady that actually, she showed up. Uh, she got put into handcuffs because she was trying to break through the, the cop barrier or whatever. And so she was confronted by the cops. She got put into handcuffs. She escaped the handcuffs, escaped the cops, jumped the wall, got into the school, found her kids, and got them out. Now, here's wow. Yeah. The uh, what I, what I'm getting at is my point is that the episode that took place at, at Rob Elementary is not an excuse for more gun control. It's an excuse to repeal the federal ban on Teflon coated bullets, so the parents can clear a path into the school. Amen. Yeah, you know, and then oh, uh, no, no, he's it, he's it, got it, a really good point as far as this is always used as an excuse for more gun control. Yeah. When the fact of the matter is that guns in general that are legal do way more to prevent crime than to cause it. I think it's more you of missed a, what he was saying, though. I think it's more <laughs> of a, a scream that we should abolish public schools because why on earth would any human want to send their children to a place that isn't even defended? Yeah, no, what you missed and what he said was clear a path into the school. He's talking about the parents shooting the police to get into the school. And, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought he was alluding to the shooter uh, wearing a, uh, a bulletproof they vest. They say that that wasn't even true. 
Huh. That's what I've heard since the well, initial uh, reports. But well, I, I think that if those parents had Teflon-coated bullets, they would be more uh, willing to face the possibility of a shooter with unknown armor. Yeah, no doubt. I'm not saying that the that people shouldn't have access to those things. It, and also, no, and it was nobody, our co-host on Friday night, who who made a similar point last night. And I'm I'm the per- first person to uh, you know go against violence as a solution. Yeah. But I gotta agree. If somebody is prohibiting you from getting to your children and doing what you can to save them if they are using violence to stop you i think you absolutely have a right to defend yourself and break free from that uh from that individual thank you for the call tonight tom i appreciate it i mean if if they have literally corralled your children with armed and armored goons then yes you absolutely should get straight through them and secure the life of your children. And the fact that this is not obvious has everything to do with the fact that we're sending them to schools in the first place, because it's just another version of not taking responsibility. Yeah, that, of course, is the biggest mistake that a parent can make uh, when it comes to their children is to send them to a government school. You're putting them in danger of so much, not only just the fact of being indoctrinated by the state. That's the number one reason yeah, to not send the them That's the certainty. There. The certainty yeah. is that their minds will be warped to the point that they will be unable to function when they get out. And that you can be sure of. What else can happen? Well, Depends. secondly, they're in a gun-free zone, right. so it's basically a shooting gallery That's my if point. some lunatic shows up. Like, these gun-free zones, they've got to be abolished, right? If not, public school should be abolished. I mean, it's worthless anyway. John Taylor Gatto already proved that you know children can learn reading writing and arithmetic at an incredibly fast rate so what's all the rest of this time spent doing other than indoctrinating them That's and to be, become obedient servants but um, well uh, b- before we get on just one uh, one thing i do want to point out real quick is that the sexual misconduct in public schools is way higher than that in the catholic church and they have a well deserved reputation wow. for it so that's another one of those like these are the things that you're setting your kids up for Good point. Um, The Uvalde Police Department released a statement, I think, yesterday, and it said, We are so glad that none of the officers in our department uh, were harmed or killed in the incident (laughs) yesterday, or whatever it was. Like, like really? Like, how about, hey, we're sorry that uh, we didn't do a damn thing. Well, if they'd gotten harmed, we might have, you know, had to pay out a pension. Yeah. Somebody made the point on social media yesterday that we traded 19 kids for 19 cops, and what a terrible trade. It's a horrible trade. Uh, And then this uh, I happened upon online. It's a screenshot from SWTJC Law Enforcement Academy. Training opportunity, active shooter course, location, Uvalde High School. Date, (laughs) Mm -hmm. March 21st, 2022, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Host, the Uvalde CSID Police Department. No registration through phone. Register by following the link below. Must use a desktop computer to fill out the form. Okay. We will announce more trainings as they become available. A full in-service schedule will be released in the future. Email completed registration yeah, to okay, blah, I get what blah, you're blah, saying. Blah. You're, you're saying there was, an, there was a training. So this keeps coming up with these, you know, we'll call them mass shootings, where like in the weeks before, months before, somebody holds a simulation mm-hmm. of the event that actually unfolds. Why sure. is that? Well, this is extremely common across the board. 
I mean, so for example, uh, one of the the fogging elements of 9-11 was that they were actively performing a simulation of a similar attack at the exact moment. And this happens throughout all of these tragedies is you see this over and over again. They prepare for this thing. And wouldn't you know it, this thing that increases the value of government in people's minds just happens to occur. That's you what I'm this... saying. Like, I, I, Why do these simulations keep occurring right before these things occur? But did this actually increase the value of government? I mean, there oh, have absolutely. been a lot of people. Well, no, but in some well, people's it's, minds. It's sunk cost fallacy is really what it comes down mm-hmm. to. So like, okay, we just sacrificed 19 relatively innocent human lives to our belief in this paradigm. That means that we have even more of a sunk cost in our faith in police to protect our children in spite of all of the evidence to the contrary. Well, that's an interesting argument, but there's been a lot of outrage about the police and their inaction in this particular circumstance. So it seems to me like the police's reputation has taken a hit as a result of this. I mean, they stood around for 90 minutes. And also, let me just be the first to say their reputation hasn't been doing well, you know, in general. And I keep saying that. If they want to improve their reputation, they're going to have to take it upon themselves to improve it. Nobody's going to improve their reputation for them, but they don't seem to want to have to do any of that, right? These police, this thin blue line, this gang, this brotherhood, if you will, that they claim to be, they won't all get together and do something to improve their reputation like, oh, I don't know, stop prosecuting people for a victimless crime or stop no, arresting them. People can speak out about this. It's like they spoke out against the wars when we had a bunch of casualties, but it doesn't mean it stops anything. Well, that's true. The police are not going to go away just as they didn't go away after all the George Floyd protests two years ago, despite the huge outpouring against them. And if cops aren't around to help serve and protect you, then their only remaining purpose, of course, is to be there to harass you. That's true. Revenue collection agents. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Live Saturday show phones open. You can join us at 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountain Mayor. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. And I want to make sure you know about our newest sponsor, Truth Smacks. They are pretty delicious we had them sitting around the studio oh, for snacks i thought you said snacks oh like smacks. Smack you with smacks. the truth like like, like uh, what's his name did to chris rock Will, yeah yeah Will just whatever. like that yeah. except okay. non-violent kind like the i was thinking like kind. the uh the old froggy uh breakfast cereal a verbal smack, if oh, you will. Oh, okay. Uh, because they smack you with the truth on the back of the bags of Truth Smacks. It's uh, d- incredibly delicious, all natural, no artificial crap. We're talking about uh, basically trail mix. And uh, it's available in two different flavors, peppermint infused and original. And mm-hmm. they're both absolutely fantastic. If you think you would like the peppermint infused, you'll love it. If you think you won't, probably should stay away from it. Uh, but uh, the product is absolutely fantastic. We had it here in the studio for a couple weeks, and I'm looking forward to getting some more of it. There's two different sizes available as well. It's basically an outreach project. Uh, Suzanne, who's a former English teacher and longtime truth seeker, started this company. She makes it, bags it, seals it up all herself in a commercial kitchen down in Naples, Florida. And this is her, her personal mission to help spread the ideas awesome. of uh, freedom. And so she figures, you know what, what better way than through people's stomachs, right? Maybe somebody will pay attention if they're 
they're enjoying the what's, product. What's the old ad? The way to the man's heart is through his stomach or something? Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so Definitely check them out. strikes me as a useful outreach tool. Yeah, it's great stuff. Truthsmacks.com slash shop. They're spreading truth one delicious morsel at a time. Truthsmacks.com slash shop. Let's go to Rick. He's in Missouri. Or sorry, Maryland. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Um, so I'm, I'm calling to vent, and I, I, I promise I'll behave myself. I know that um, we're on the air. But, you know, it's just one of those situations where I, I just don't know what else to do other than call and vent. Yeah. Um, so given what happened in Texas, the police presence here in Maryland seems to really be intensifying. Now, we're nowhere near Texas, but... The police presence is just amping up, especially around the schools. Well, my brother today, so my brother, he, he's kind of a weird dude. He's harmless, but he's a, he's a little weird. He's got a disability. He gives off homeless vibes. Okay. He got arrested today for simply cutting through a public school property during a walk. That is all that ha- That is all he was doing. Wow. They, arrest, the they arrested him. So in the state of Maryland, there actually is a misdemeanor charge for trespassing on school grounds. Wow. So they they arrested Maryland. him for trespassing on school Maryland's grounds. awful. Yeah. It, it's, oh, tell me about it. It's terrible. But get this. It gets worse. So they didn't arrest him on the spot. I don't even know how they identified him. He had walked back to his group home. They got an arrest warrant for him. They came in and scooped him up out of his group home with no warning, and the person who runs his group home only found out through a ring camera. Wow. Huh. So now the police are refusing so to give me any abducting information. abducting people black bag style. I mean, Nothing to be concerned about I mean, there. So where do they learn this from? They learn this from, well, other government agencies like the CIA, for example. <laughs> or the Gestapo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now, you know, the police are refusing to give me any information. And I I really called them out on this. What I do know is that he is being held without the possibility of bail. They tried to tell me that the charges were not public record, but I called them out on it because I pulled up judiciary case search and I told them that I knew what the charge was. He's being denied bail for just taking a walk? Yeah, I don't get it. They say that... They say that he's a flight risk because he has a history of being homeless. So <laughs> I, was told, I was told that I was wasting my time speaking with them to get any information and that I just needed to not worry about it. Wow. So he's looking at a, up to a year misdemeanor charge? Um, I don't know that it's as high as a year. I don't know what the maximum sentence is. Okay. Does, do you or he have an attorney for him or is it public defender or what? The police are claiming that he has waived his right to an attorney and that he is not accepting phone calls. And this was, and when did this happen? This happened yesterday. During school hours or afterwards? Yes. During school hours. Okay. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, I mean, you would think normally in a case of a trespass, you have to get a warning, right? So normally there has to be someone who's authorized to tell you, hey, I don't want you on my property. They have to they have to tell well, that to you, or it has to be posted in right. significant you know, places. As near as I can tell, Maryland is still convinced that we're under serfdom rules. Hmm. So you stepped foot into the king's forest and must therefore be put in the dungeon. What's next in this case, uh, Rick? Well, to be honest, I don't know because the police are not telling me. So uh, once the holiday weekend is over, 
Um, I'm going to get a lawyer involved to just contact the police for me right. um, to at least figure out where we stand with this. Um, and, you know, in yep. fairness to the police, I don't want to I don't want to just like put the worst possible construction on it, even though, as you said, it was like an abduction. It's very possible that they warned my brother and that he gave them attitude because my brother, he gives off homeless vibes. He's a weird mm-hmm. dude. Um, but I wish they would just tell me the truth. That way I can help him the best that I can. Oh, the truth might incriminate the police, though. So Yeah, the police have no interest in the, in the truth unless it helps them in any way. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, case law stating specifically that they have no obligation to tell you the truth, but you ha- do have an obligation to tell them the truth. Rick, uh, good luck with this. Thanks for sharing the story tonight. Feel free to give us a call with, uh, with any updates as it develops, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I mean, again, no victim, no crime. Right. It's just yeah. so straightforward. What, what well, person, this is mine, and you stepped on it. Yeah, but it's not even technically private property. I mean... Yeah, isn't he a it, co-owner as a it, taxpayer? Effectively, it's, you know, public property, but... but not really. Like you're saying, it's more of the It's the king's feudal. property. Yeah, it's, yeah. You stepped yeah. foot on the king's property. Clearly, you're a poacher and must be put in the dungeon. But the, if there was no person or property harmed, no crime. Well, the, the, the good name of the government was harmed by you stepping foot on their property. Like, like when, when a thing like the situation with the, the Texas shooting happens, uh, the caller is right. Absolutely right. Every policeman... Every city, every town, everywhere there's a school, everybody's going to be sort of a little extra on edge now because of the failures of the police department, the public school system, the laws in general, the government as a whole, right? These are all fails. So anybody who's now, you know, sort of any involved in that, they're going to be hyper vigilant about anything. And so mm-hmm. now this guy's brother's getting arrested for taking a walk. Well, and you guys touched on the whole idea of so-called public property. As you say, the king's property. It's not public property is this euphemism, basically. It doesn't actually mean what people think that it means. It doesn't mean you have access to it, even though you're paying for it. You're you you're forced to pay as a co owner, quote unquote. But this property belongs to your owners. An owner of property would have access to it. And if you don't have access to it, that's evidence that you're not the owner in any way, shape, or form. There's a bunch of words like public that don't mean that. Uh, Public school is government school. Public roads are government roads. Public works are government works. It's not, it doesn't mean public. It means socialized. Yeah. Uh, Owned by the state. The number is 603-283-6160. And that ain't you, most likely. 603-283-6160. You can join us here. Uh, we got uh, more coming up, including the supposed ISIS plot to kill George W. Bush. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. The number is 603-283-6160. 
Ian Peakless Mountaineer and Captain Kickass here in the studio. Yes. Received a phone call from someone. She didn't want to go on the air. Uh, she says her mom is from what is pronounced Uvalde. 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 I don't Uvalde. do a Texas accent. Let me try it. Uvalde. 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 Yeah. So uh, I suspect it's pronounced differently in Spanish because it sounds like a Spanish uh, word, but I could be wrong about that. Uvalde. It would likely be pronounced that. Or that Uvalde. Way. Right. That's sort of like the difference between Amarillo and Amarilla. Prodale. <laughs> Anyway, you can bring up whatever you want here. Uh, we've been talking about the school shootings and the police just absolutely failing. We got into that in quite a bit of detail last night. But, uh, Captain, you had an update on the Buffalo situation, the uh, the grocery store shooting where a bunch of people were shot to death. Not children in that particular case, but still a horrifying shooting. And you had some news you wanted to share about that. Yeah, this is... From buffalonews.com, so out of Buffalo itself, the headline reads, Authorities investigating if retired federal agent knew of Buffalo mass shooting plans in advance. Uh, This was posted originally on, looks like Thursday, but updated eight hours ago. Uh, Law enforcement officers are investigating whether a retired federal agent had about 30 minutes advance notice of a white supremacist's plans to murder black people at a Buffalo supermarket. Hmm. Two law enforcement officials told the Buffalo News. Authorities believe the former agent, believed to be from Texas, was one of at least six individuals who regularly communicated with the accused gunman, Peyton Gendron, in an online chat room where racist hatred was discussed, the two officials said. So there's more to this, but Hmm. the first thought in my head is, what? Was he not retired then? Did he just recently retire? Or why yeah, are they using weird... a retired guy to... I don't understand how that computes. Good question. Uh, the two law enforcement sources with direct knowledge of the investigation stated these individuals were invited by Gendron to read about his mass shooting plans and the target location about wow. a half hour before Gendron killed 10 people at Topps Markets on Jefferson Avenue on May 14th. The news could not determine if the retired agent accepted the invitation these the invitation were, to chat no uh, the shooter sent an invitation to this guy in the chat room to hey have a look at my plans uh-huh <laughs> like he sent him his plans for the shooting like here's the target here's what i'm gonna do right that kind of a thing so it's not clear whether the agent was active in the chat correct no okay It goes on to say, these were like-minded people who used this chat group to talk about their shared interests in racial hatred, replacement theory, and hatred of anyone who is Jewish, a person of color, or not of European ancestry, said one of the two law enforcement officials with close knowledge of the investigation. I wonder how many other FBI agents were in that chat room. I mean, all of them, perhaps, (laughs) right? What is especially upsetting, this is a quote, uh, what is especially upsetting is that these six people received advance notice of the Buffalo shooting about 30 minutes before it happened. The FBI has verified that none of these people called law enforcement to warn them mm-hmm. about the shooting. The FBI database shows no advanced tips from anyone that this shooting was about to happen. Agents from the FBI are in the process of tracking down and interviewing the six people, including the retired agent, and attempting to determine if any of them should be charged as accomplices. The two sources told what? the Buffalo News. 
The two sources did not identify the agent by name and could not confirm what federal agency he worked for. Now, okay, this brings up an, an interesting question. Mm-hmm. If you are given knowledge that something is supposedly going to happen, because how would they really know, right? There's a bunch of people that talk S on the internet all the time. Right. So if you were given knowledge that something was going to happen that was going to be a crime, a violent crime, is it your obligation to do anything at all? That's a great question, and they address that here. Uh, Buffalo civil rights attorney John V. Elmore said it would be outrageous if it turns out that a former law enforcement officer had advance notice of the shooting and did nothing to prevent it. If he had advance notice, he had a moral obligation to get on the phone and try to notify somebody about it, said Elmore. As a sworn law enforcement agent, I think you've got an argument there. But uh, as an average person, I don't think so. Well, are you talking reality or theory? Because the reality is that they have no obligation under any circumstances to do anything good. Now, in theory, like if you had a free system, I would certainly pay for a protection agency that said, hey, we will, under these circumstances, we are obligated because of your payment, because of our contract, mm-hmm. we are obligated to try to prevent violent crimes under, you know, certain set of circumstances. Like uh, if it is reasonable that we will not all die in the process, things like that. No, yeah. you're, you make a good point, And we covered in detail the fact, the incontrovertible repeated many times from the Supreme Court and other state courts that governments police departments have no obligation to protect you in any way shape or form same is true for the military too. that's a fact uh but my question is more to the average individual i mean they're talking about charging these people with so-called accessory well how can you be an accessory to something for taking no action whatsoever i could understand if you like sent a gun to the guy or helped him in some constructive manner if this was some sort of a you know, a sting operation, right, mm-hmm. where they try to, you know, get some guy to do something just so they can make the collar, right, then... We're going to talk about one of those coming up. Okay, then then that may... It may be true that they're able to hold them responsible for not doing a thing if they had knowledge that a crime was about to occur. So if this guy said... But how could you really know? Well, this guy sent him a thing, said, hey, Doesn't here's my anything. plan. I'm about to go do this. And then so 30 what? minutes later, it happens. How, how would you know he was being serious? I don't know. You wouldn't? Yeah. So I don't, I just, I was shocked. I guess I wouldn't be shocked given the things that they do to people, but to charge somebody for doing nothing, I think that's wrong. I mean, you my, can argue that the person in that chat room should have done something, yeah. that from a moral perspective, they should have spoken out about it, but I don't think it's their obligation to do that, whether they be a cop or, or an individual. My suspicion is that this is sort of the beginning working around the edges part of uh, targeting what they are now calling domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. So nobody likes white supremacists, but white supremacists have a tendency to think that the Jewish conspiracy includes the government. Therefore, they don't like the government. So it's sort of low hanging. They like the idea of taking over the government. though. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, deep down, they're fascists. They just want their form of authoritarianism. But, so this is sort of low-hanging fruit. Like, okay, well, what if we start being completely unreasonable in targeting these questioners of government? Mm-hmm. Is, anyone, is anyone bothered by that? Okay. What's well, that? No? Okay. Okay, well, what about these questioners of yeah. government? Is, is everyone cool with that? 
Right. That's it's, how it goes. It's that, what's the adage? Uh, I didn't stand up for the slowly. white supremacists oh. because I wasn't a white supremacist. Yeah, right? first yeah, they came of, for the blank. Yeah. Then I, mm-hmm. uh, Attorney Terrence M. Connors, who is representing several families who lost loved ones in the Buffalo shooting, said, as outrageous as this may sound, based upon what we're finding in our investigation, it is not surprising. He, however, declined to reveal the evidence his law firm has collected, of course. New York Times reported on May 17th that Gendron, the shooter, invited a small group of people into a private chat room on the messaging platform Discord to review his plan about 30 minutes before the massacre mm-hmm. at Tops. The Washington Post reported two days later that 15 people accepted Gendron's invitation into the chat room and were able to review his plan and watch his live stream video wow. as he committed the killing. He, by the way, in his 180-page manifesto that the media does not want you to see, he supports the police. So well, of course in, he does. Yeah, he specifically wanted to avoid shooting any cops because, again, he wants to take over the police. He wants his crew to become the police, but he's not against law enforcement he described himself as an authoritarian leftist Mm, so he is not a right winger right well and remember what they're aiming for with uh persecuting people for uh being guilty bystanders they do want the same circumstance that you had in the ussr where children will turn in their parents because there is a legal obligation to do so Mm -hmm. that's scary stuff the number here if you want to join us 603-283-6160 if you have the freedom of speech you should also have the freedom to not speak and it shouldn't be a crime to stay silent There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us. Free Talk Live. Phones are open, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That is 603-283-6160. We're talking about the FBI, and did they know? Did one of their agents know? 30 minutes in advance of the Buffalo shooter. Apparently, said agent or supposed former agent who... Retired agent, Still hanging out in a racist chat room, uh, was given an invitation by the shooter in the Buffalo situation 30 minutes prior to the actual occurrence of it uh, to review the plan, to review the location, apparently, and various different details about the, the planned strike. And uh, we don't have details on whether or not he was actually there or as, as far as the uh, the agent, did he actually receive the invite or was he, you know, doing something else at the time and didn't see it until later. We don't know any of those details. Yeah, the, and, the reporters weren't able to confirm that it was actually received, but they were able to confirm that uh, I believe the number was 15 people were invited did to accept uh, the invitation. They just can't tell which people mm. uh, yeah. accepted it. And if the FBI is involved in this, then I always wonder if they're the ones fomenting this, because that sure. is just right. their general MO. And like, this next sentence whether you're, speaks whether you're to that. Whether uh, you're Muslim or a white nationalist, they really love finding extremist groups and fomenting greater hatred and greater tendency toward violence. Every frequently, time. Frequently, right up to the yeah. point and including, of handing them actual explosives. Mm, usually they hand them fake explosives. Usually. But yeah. Yeah. This next statement says federal authorities are also investigating if the retired agent provided information to Gendron before he went on his shooting spree. In addition, oh. to, in addition to law enforcement sources, two other individuals with knowledge of the mass shooting investigation have also confirmed that federal authorities are looking into the former agent. Uh, agent's relationship to the shooter uh and then this next part talks about something called the sandman 
FBI agents are also trying to determine the identity of an individual Gendron calls Sandman or Saint Sandman in his lengthy social media diary, his manifesto, Mm -hmm. that appeared uh, 30 minutes before the attack. In the diary, Gendron indicates Sandman counseled him on manufacturers of AR-15 semi-automatic rifles and their quality. The shooter purchased and allegedly used that type of assault rifle in the rampage, which Mm. local authorities have said was fueled by his racial hatred. In the document Gendron posted on Discord, uh, he references Sandman three times. And in a passage dated May 2nd, he quoted St. Sandman saying, When the time finally comes to deal decisively with the whole host of society's problems and not go to prison for it, you'll know. Just be ready. You've spent your entire life from the day you were born right up to this very moment reading this sentence, coming to where you are right now. Look around you. Are you content with where you are right now? Are you where you want to be? If so, continue to march. And this is what the Sandman said? This is what the Sandman said, yeah. Uh, If... if if not, what are you going to do? What's your plan? Get and keep your mind, body, and spirit right. Pray, lift, run, read, shoot, and mm. teach your kids to do those things. And so the question is, was Sandman another federal agent? Or the same one, or you know, mm. all, all that kind of thing. And so this goes back to what we talked about, I think, in the first segment. Like, Why is it that federales, uh, these, uh, you know, the FBI, the CIA, the, the local authorities, whatever, some investigative arm of the government... Always knows about these things in advance somehow. They're always involved. There's always some involvement mm-hmm. in like a chat room where they've had contact. But yet these things keep happening. They're not preventing them from happening. No, they're just no, no, no. there somehow. So, I mean, if if government is setting these people up to commit these crimes, then, I mean, I almost feel like they're responsible. Right, I know we were talking about how how does that make them responsible? How do how do they know whether or not this guy or these people are going to go out and commit these things? I mean, well, no, no. If they're if they're encouraging it, then right. I would absolutely say they're responsible. I was only asking about people not speaking. Oh. If if you're in the room with if you're in a chat room with a lunatic and they're saying things and you don't do anything about it, I don't think you should be held responsible. But if you're egging them on. Then yeah, I think you could argue that that person has some level of culpability in there, especially if they're a, an agent. If you're telling people go out and buy weapons and attack innocent people, then yeah, I, I could see that as being an accessory for sure. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of like throwing popcorn into your mouth by you know, like you throw popcorn into the air and try and catch it with your mouth. So that's how it is with the FBI and terrorists. You know, sometimes they just don't get their mouth under the popcorn in time to take credit for foiling the plot that they fomented. But we never hear about them foiling a plot such as this. Oh, yeah, you do all the time. School shooters? You don't tend to hear about that. No. Uh, Usually it's bombers. And I have a plot like that. We're going to talk about it coming up here in a moment, although I don't know if it's a bombing or what, but we'll talk about it. Uh, First, David is in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live listening to WKHM in Jackson. Go ahead, David. Hey, hey, crew. What's on your mind? Yeah, it just kind of reminds me of this deal that our highly illustrious Governor Whitmer, um, evidently there was a plot by some of the, uh, you know, I would call them the militia guys uh, generally, but there was an FBI agent involved. Oh, no, there was more than one FBI agent involved in that. You recall that case, Ian? Yeah, about half. Yeah, there were a it's bunch of FBI on. agents involved in that, and the two guys who actually took it to trial so far have been found not guilty. The, yeah, two of them, I believe, and I think that there's going to be a—I'm not sure the exact legal part of it, but there's going to be—they're going to be tried again. Is that correct? 
No, they were found, uh, as I understand, if I recall correctly, they were found not guilty. There were two others who I think were hung juries, and they would be tried again. If I'm if I'm yeah. misrecalling this, please, somebody call in and let me know, but that's my understanding. There were also right. two, I believe, who took guilty pleas, and they, of course, are going to prison because they were too uh, scared to go to trial. Yeah, you know, you think about it, and we talk about a lot about it, and where does the uh, blame lie, and what is it the gun, is it the person, is it a movement? And I, I was just trying to listen to you guys, and I just love the three hours on a Saturday evening. Normally it's just an hour, you know, but anyways, Free Talk Live resonates to me because what do you folks think, honestly? Where is this country headed? I mean, is liberty going to be just sections of liberty? Is it going to be... Yeah, I hope it's heading to a breakup. Honestly, I mean that's the that could be the that would be the most productive uh, end for the United States is to people go their separate ways, different states go different directions, and create different areas that attract different groups of people. It's quite clear that we cannot all get along, and we should stop trying and stop fighting right. over how we should live. And the people who believe in leftist stuff ought to get to leftist places like the West Coast or you know Massachusetts or New York. Um, and the people that believe in right-wing stuff should ought to get down to Texas and Florida and the libertarians, the few of them, they ought to get to New Hampshire. I mean, and then let's let let's let those places develop as their own countries, abolish the United States or at least secede from it, and then if enough states secede from it, it'll probably go away entirely. Yeah, the, the United States is not long for this world. One of two things is basically going to happen, and that's uh, possibly a balkanized version of like, okay, well, New England's going to secede, and then the, the heartland's going to secede, and then Northern and Southern California will become, like, so some form of breaking up, or yep. we will uh, end up in sort of a global socio-fascism. So maybe more than 50 states? Uh, I mean... I'm fine with that. There, There's already documentation of plans for what, what's called the one world government. But I think as far as the United States is concerned, I think a breakup is inevitable. And I think the smartest thing to do is because if you just study the cycles of history and empire collapses, basically, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the most recent one I can think of is the fall of the Soviet Union. What happened there? They broke up into a bunch of smaller little countries, yep. right? So if we know that's inevitable or we accept that uh, theory, then let's get ahead of the ball, right? right? Go uh, first. And, and like Ian's saying, right. hey, you want to get around people that, you know, that are like-minded like you, that think like you and act like you and want a, a society like you do, well, then uh, the only thing you can do is vote with your feet and move to a place where that is true. Well, and I mean, uh, to to address, like, do, do we need more than 50 states? I don't know. Let's let the market decide. But I can yeah. tell you one thing. So uh, you're from Washington. Uh, as as I have, from every account that I've ever heard, the, the eastern Washington and the western Washington. Very different. Completely. Yeah, absolutely different. different cultures. So the idea of putting those, putting just those two sets of people into the same pot is different. Dumb. Well, and there's and already, nobody wants that. There's already been articles about uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, Western Washington and Western Oregon, you know, breaking off, becoming their own state, or, yeah. or or tag or getting in with like California, and then Eastern Washington, Eastern Oregon, joining with like Idaho, for example, and becoming like a separate thing themselves. So all of these things are sort of permeating society right now. These thoughts are are bubbling to the surface. I think it's inevitable that a breakup is going to happen. When I don't know. 
uh, somebody sent me something recently about one of those state secession movements that's happening up in Washington, and I don't have it handy, so I, I don't know what yeah. that was called, but it sounded like they, they really had it together, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, if I can find it, I'll certainly let you guys know, for those of you up in that area. Uh, the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160 can bring up whatever's on your mind. David, thanks for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. On the way, we're going to talk about CBDCs and the plot to, to kill George Bush. Coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. If you're just tuning in, you're kicking off the second hour. We've got time for you if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. We've been focusing on the shootings, not just the Uvalde, Texas, but, uh, or Uvalde, I guess is how they Uvalde, Uvalde, we all Valde for Uvalde. <laughs> Uh, or the Buffalo one. That's the other more recent one as well. Of course, you can comment on whatever's on your mind. Plus, George W. Bush, was he targeted by ISIS recently? That's what the mainstream media wants you to believe. Wouldn't be prudent. We'll get into that. With you tonight, it's Ian. Beakless Mountaineer. And the captain. By the way, I do want to say thank you to Lord Porcupine, who is a Free Talk Live supporter. Lord Porcupine. Yep, a good guy, and also platinum-level member of the AMPS Patreon, which you can join over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's A-M-P-S dot freetalklive.com. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you like what we do here, you can join Lord Porcupine. Now, he's doing platinum level. That's like five times what we ask. Uh, it's at least 25 bucks a month. We ask for five bucks a month. So thank you, Lord Porcupine, for Indeed. stepping up in a big way. Uh, but if you want to join him and get some cool perks, head over to amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Jet. He's calling from Florida tonight. Jet, go ahead. Yeah, I hope uh, no one has uh, brought this up yet tonight. But, uh, you know, this last week, I just tuned in. This last week I've been um, listening to you guys rag on the police a lot. Well, I kind of have an issue with that. Uh, And that is, don't you know that they put their lives on the line every single day to keep you safe (laughs) unless they don't? Yeah. Uh, The problem is is that they're the only uh, provider – that you're allowed to choose from, and your only choice is to have them. Yeah. You don't have the choice to not have them. And if they don't put their lives on the line, you still have to pay for them. That's right. They put their lives on the line every single day to collect revenue for the various levels of government and to ensure that you will follow the IRS dictates. Yeah, that's 99% of what they do. Okay, well, I just heard you use the term government, and now you guys consider yourself 
pretty intelligent, right? Because I do. Uh, no, I consider myself average with a bit of luck. You're saying you consider us intelligent or you consider yourself yeah, I, intelligent? Well, besides that, yeah, you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and so I kind of would love to bring you into not only beyond intelligence but into wisdom. And I keep telling you over and over that you got to stop with the word government because these powers stop that Stop regulating be, my speech, Jet. <laughs> yes, I can. I'll go. Can you wrestle? Okay. I can? He looks like okay. he can. Okay, cool. I'll be out there shortly. All righty. Uh, the powers that be only exist in your mind. They are fictions of your imagination. And your rulers, no matter what they wear, no matter what they call themselves, and the titles and all this stuff, they're just other people, other humans, who have no more right than you and I do. But they, but they all suffer the from the collective hallucination that they yes, are they part do. of something bigger, something that is commonly referred to as government. Well, so, the, so well, government, my, government is real. Now, there's no, legitimate government. Which is comes, real. Yeah, legitimate government comes from inside. Like, it is legitimate that I govern myself. Mm-hmm. Now, there's that's, illegitimate that's government. Mm-hmm. Illegitimate government comes from Jedi outside and exists on multiple levels. Now, this is still government. It's just legitimate or illegitimate. Well, I refer to that as governance. Yeah. But anyway, the... Um, well, that's a PR uh, word that they like to use when they're uh, talking about the global level, for sure. Well, my suggestion is, let's say, is to get rid of that name and just use... But let's say the title of an agency. Let's let's step you into this title of an agency, like an FBI gang, uh, IRS mafia, uh, the Biden mafia. You know, gang and mafia. I mean, keep it simple, move it around. But um, just think of these things, these people, as just other people. Whenever you use this universal, this collective term, it just does not resonate as much as the specific thing because we don't know the agent's name. Let's say who tackled somebody or who put another person but you can say that they did but from that agency well frequently i'm referring to the entire monolithic structure with its various levels i'm referring to the state government the the city government the county government and the federal government because they do not work at odds to each other they work in a single purpose. I like Jeff uh, Jet's previous suggestion that you could call them people who call themselves government. Mm-hmm. And that kind of puts a reminder out there that these are just people. They're nothing more than that. They're, they're suffering from a collective delusion. Of course, the problem is the population is also suffering from that delusion, and that is that this is somehow legitimate, uh, that the, the violence and the threats that these people use against them is somehow justified because they get to have an election once every two to four years. Or they wear a specific costume. Thank you, Jet, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's bring David on in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Well, I got a... Question or a comment about the judges accused of uh, allegedly having committed domestic violence. But uh, let me say that the JET, um, I suggested uh, long ago that uh, these, uh, the government perfectly resembles uh, this thing of ours, La Cosa Nostra, the mob, the mafia, the cartel, yeah. the cabal. Fact. So just call them all, that, all of that. First of all, another thing, add that to the fact that the government that you have now is unlawful. 
It, it is in violation of the founding documents of the country. So they're not even legitimate government. So it's, it's perfectly legitimate to call them a cartel, the mob, the mafia, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that, that would make it uh, super simple. It's the mob. It's the mafia. It's, it's, it's all, anything that comes to your mind regarding organized crime, because that's what they are. Speaking of organized crime. That's what crime, they've always been, by add, the way. Agreed. It's not a new thing. Yeah. Right. So speaking of organized crime, in my assessment, uh, here in the state of New Mexico, the government of the state of New Mexico, um, uh, 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 let me remind that the head of the FBI in New Mexico a number of years back, and I believe his name was uh, Tom McClanahan, and if anybody with knowledge of that, please contact me. I'd like to ha know more about it than what I do already know, uh, stated to a reporter, to a you know, reporter writing publicly that New Mexico is the most corrupt state in the nation, end quote. And the reporter countered with, well, that's what the, maf or the, uh, the mafia, see, there you go, Freudian slip. That's what the FBI in Illinois says about the government in Illinois. Everybody and, uh, says the, that about and, their state. Right. And McClanahan's response to the reporter was, the FBI in Illinois has not been to New Mexico. So in that context, I want to inquire uh, people in New Mexico hearing this, and you're being played on several stations right now, mm -hmm. anybody having knowledge, including Judge Tommy Jewell, hey Tommy, and Judge Angela Jewell, I, I uh, uh, heard from a re several reliable sources years ago, Tommy Jewell, Angela Jewell, that Tommy Jewell uh, was investigated by law enforcement in the state of New Mexico for committing an act of domestic violence upon Andrew, Judge Angela Jewell, who was the judge that first trafficked my son, David Olson. And I want to know Tommy Jewell or Angela Jewell or the Jewell family or anybody knowing Tommy Jewell or anybody in the government of the state of New Mexico, if there is any truth to those allegations that I heard multiple times from multiple reliable sources in the past because there's a controversy surrounding this in that another allegation was that this was swept under the legal rug because it was judge, a judge that was accused of domestic violence. And so mm, there, I'm sure I'm it was. Record. And I suspect yeah, I they're going to get I, right back to you about that inquiry. Hmm. Thanks for the call tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. That's a little sarcasm there for you. Or controversy? I don't know. How do you pronounce it? Uh, so let's get Depends into the story. Depends if you speak English or American. About George W. Bush. I don't know if you guys saw these headlines around. George uh, W. ISIS hey, um, was plotting to. Be before we get into that, I actually, uh, uh, while it's still on my mind, I wanted to push back on something you'd said earlier about, like, uh, if you are egging someone on and then they... Uh, commit a violent attack that you are somehow uh, partly responsible for not reporting that they're about to do that. No, I wasn't saying that. Oh, okay. Because no, I said if you're egging somebody on and they commit a violent attack, I could see the argument for calling them an accessory. Oh, okay, good. Now that then the con the counter argument to that is well, free speech. So there is an argument, but it's wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, okay. I'm not saying that uh, <laughs> I, I could see the argument for it. Wow, that, don't pull that any punches, would be though. an accessory in that particular case. Like, if somebody is is being egged on to go and kill someone, and then they go and they do it. I think you should carry some at least moral culpability. For I, that. I completely disagree. I think you're allowed to. I think you're allowed to egg someone on, and if they then violate, then that's just well, that's that, that's on them. Are you allowed to do it if you are employed by law enforcement to do so? Are you allowed to do anything? There's more coming up here. You can join us 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here on the live Saturday episode, the number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Bigless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Bitcoin.com is a great source for learning about the basics, about cryptocurrency. The markets have been down for some number of months. Uh, currently, Bitcoin, the original... BTC is down below, I think, $30,000. on sale. Still. And, uh, Memorial so Day weekend sale. Might be a good time to go and learn about uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. You can do that by clicking Get Started at the top of the page at Bitcoin.com. They can also help you buy your first fraction of a cryptocurrency because uh, you don't have to buy the whole thing. Just a lot of people don't understand that. Like they hear, oh my God, $30,000. No, you can buy a one one hundredth of a Bitcoin if you want to, or one one thousandth, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, so you can go to Get Started at the top of the page, Bitcoin.com. They'll teach you about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, cryptocurrency, some of the basic concepts in general that you really need to get down before you decide to get in. So once again, Bitcoin.com, click Get Started. Also, if you're bra- uh, not brand new and you want to get the latest news headlines, they're available anytime over at news.bitcoin.com. That's a challenge about cryptocurrency that like, when I talk to people who aren't familiar with it, it's a challenge for them to grasp the concept of a fraction of a Bitcoin like mm. that they can buy. And I wonder if, like, you remember way back in the day, the governments were like, okay, everybody's going to learn. We're going to switch over to the metric system. I wonder if the decision not to do that was just to keep people dumb. Because mm-hmm. I figure, I think I got to think that if more people were more familiar with the metric system and it was their sort of basis of measurement, that they would grasp the concept of a fraction of a, a Bitcoin much more than they with the imperial system. I think a lot of that has to do with the training that they received with uh, uh, stocks. You can only own a stock. You can't own one ten millionth of a stock, mm-hmm. whereas you can very much own one ten millionth of a or whatever it is of a Bitcoin. Right. And uh, that's basically what people see it as is it's an investment mm. rather than uh rather than money yeah, which when I think used of it, to dividing right when i think of it as money it's you know it's like oh well you can own well, a of course there's dollar. change right yeah. yeah no problem you can own yeah, a quarter you can get some spare right, yeah. change in in monero or bitcoin or dash or what have you all right so did you oh, guys uh, just uh, yeah. uh, one quick note on that because i've been uh, keeping an eye on it uh the dollar index uh seems to be turning downward what's that which, mean uh so it's how the dollar compares against international currencies oh and okay historically so if this keeps going down historically that usually happens right before there's a uh, big run-up in uh bitcoin uh, uh btc prices and the the rest of the market so like uh just something to keep your eye on hmm. it and it's it's usually that parabolic thing where it goes flat for a little while and then it starts uh, hockey sticking we can only hope uh so did you guys see the headlines about george bush george w bush i did not i, I only heard about it from you pre-show when i saw it i thought oh this has got to be old news right because every now and then we'll see something that's getting passed around social media you'll click on it and it's five years old or, or 10 years old or something like that and no no this was published this week uh, May 24th, Forbes magazine, oh. exclusive, ISIS, plotting to assassinate George W. Bush in Dallas. And, you know, when I saw the headline, I thought, they're a little late to the game on this. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't been president since 2008. How old There's, is this story? Uh, right. There are other, mm, we'll call them nations, that still consider past presidents war criminals. I, I get what you're saying, but it doesn't seem like if you I'm not 
advocating anybody's assassination here yeah. or anything like that. But as far as international terror is concerned, taking out a president that hasn't been sitting for over a decade and a half, basically, at, at this point, doesn't seem like the most horrific strike, the most terrifying, My the most relevant. Montoya. And uh, to be clear, that they could make. it is very important that we have big public trials for these past war criminals before they're executed. It's very important. So that was my first hint was like, I don't know if ISIS was actually involved in this. Just based on the I'm, headline, my thought was, no, this can't be. I'm First of all, the term ISIS, I'm really disappointed in just in general because I was first introduced to the word ISIS as a child of five, seven years old, something okay. like that. There was a, a television show. Uh, there was uh, Shazam uh, was one of the the, mm-hmm. the heroes, and then uh, followed by ISIS, and it was this so female. Name? It was a female, mm-hmm. super gorgeous girl yeah. too, and she was this like female superhero. It was all very. Um, Mm, I don't know what the right term is like, like, like Egyptian yeah. themed. Right. You know, she had a little crown and stuff and all that kind of stuff. But she could fly, and like it was a horribly acted, you know, presentation. We're talking, you know, mid to late seventies or something. But uh, I always remember that being my introduction to the word ice. So then. Yeah. You know, decades later, it's back. All of a sudden, you know, ISIS this and ISIS that and ISIS the other thing, and I'm like, this chick didn't have anything to do with any of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even a woman's name; it's uh, Islamic State I, or whatever. I know. It's, what it's, it's the Islamic it. State in I forget Levant Syria or something. Well, mm. and, and that's I was so deeply, profoundly disappointed. Obama, and usually we, we have this habit of using the king's English, so to speak. Obama started using the term ISIL. Islamic yeah. State in the Levant, which right. is a much better uh, description of the area that they're that they're occupying. I mean, they have a specific Arabic word because they have words for different regions that just don't translate. But Levant is pretty close. And the president himself was starting to use ISIL instead of ISIS. And I was hoping that this would get dislodged because you have this term like Isis and Osiris. I mean, it's a really yeah. ancient word for a for a primary goddess in Egyptian mythology. And to conflate that with Islamic State is just bonkers. Well, I always thought, like, just talking about words, like, being... Uh, you know, in the news or, you know, on the mind of people at a weird time. Uh, I always found it weird that Obama and Osama were like neck and neck, you know, and like, wait, Osama and Obama, Obama, Osama. Like that's they're too close Confusing. to each other to like. Yeah, I'm like, I weird. remember having to distinguish in my mind between Hussein and Osama. Yeah. And wouldn't you know, we end up with a Hussein Obama. That's not helpful. Right. And wouldn't you know. The FBI was involved in this supposed ISIS plot to kill George W. Bush. When you say involved. Well, that's the question, Captain, that we don't have the full answer to at this point. It's too early in the case. They uh, Let me give you the details here, at least yeah. what uh, Forbes is reporting. An Iraqi man in the U.S. accused of being linked to ISIS operatives was plotting to kill George W. Bush, going so far as to travel to Dallas in November to take video around the former president's home and recruiting a team of compatriots he hoped to smuggle into the country over the Mexican border, according to an FBI search warrant application filed on March 23rd and then unsealed this week in the Southern District of Ohio. The FBI said it uncovered the scheme through the work of two confidential informants and surveillance of the alleged plotter's account of the Meta-owned WhatsApp messaging platform. 
The suspect, Shahab Ahmed Shahab Shahab, based in Columbus, Ohio, said he wanted to assassinate Bush because he felt the former president was responsible for killing many Iraqis and breaking apart the country after the 2003 military invasion. In fact, didn't George Bush admit to this on stage uh, within the last couple of weeks? Admit to what? Uh, killing a bunch of Iraqis. I think he mm. did. You guys didn't see that uh, that clip? It was one it's of completely the, unjustified invasion I mean, of Iraq. It's completely uh, true. I mean, Ukraine. Like, yeah, that you saw that clip. Yeah, yeah, seventy-five. Hilarious <laughs> and true. Uh, so he was mad about that, according to the warrant. The case shows how federal investigators continue to monitor threats from ISIS, even as the group has been severely weakened by American intelligence, they say, and military operations in recent years. We'll talk more about the FBI's involvement in this, and you can share your thoughts as well. 603-283-6160. You can join us here. It's Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Forkfest.party. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603 603- 283-6160 in the studio tonight. You've got Ian. Bigless Mountaineer. And the captain. How deep was the FBI involved in this recent plot uh, where they, uh, ma- the mainstream media is alleging here in a... Was the FBI trying to trim the bush? Well, I don't think they actually wanted to see him uh, assassinated. That's why you know they were involved. Basically, I'm going to guess from top to bottom in this particular plot we don't get all the details obviously because all you really get on you know in an early uh, arrest kind of situation like this is is an indictment and in this case the forbes screenshot of the indictment against the man who they're saying is named shahab ahmed shahab shahab based out of columbus ohio sounds like a song they're uh, they're actually redacting his name from this even though it's now known who he is so this in this document his name is redacted and I'm going to give you some excerpts from this document because it does show you how they were involved uh, in making this possible or at least making this man think that the killing of George W. Bush was a possibility. Okay. So they could then arrest him and tout as though they had saved George W. Bush from some actual plot that the FBI wasn't involved in. Uh, and of course, every time we see a story about a so-called terrorist being arrested in the United States, yeah. every single time... The FBI has been involved and has encouraged that person. I can't person, name a time that they weren't involved. Has encouraged that person, not just verbally, but also 
like by giving them things yes. like a fake bomb, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Peakless, or a hotel room they can stay I in. Call it a material support, I yeah. believe, is the uh, terminology. And I would say that 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 is that is where I would draw the line. So, I mean, if I'm egging you on to an mm-hmm. act of violence, that's one thing. And that's a terrible thing for me to do. But it's not criminal. It's disgusting and ugly. And yeah. people should probably stop having anything to do with me in, in polite society. Sure. However, I should not be abducted for doing so. On the other hand, as soon as I start handing you like, okay, well, here's part of a bomb. That, to me, is crossing the line. Like, at that point, you have actively helped. And, like, the idea that, uh, oh, well, shouldn't the government agents bear the sa- bear, bear sort of a different responsibility? No, not at all. Uh, number one, if you're a government agent, literally everything you do is evil. And criminal. Yes. Uh, number two, beyond that truth, because, frankly, most people can't think in those terms— then you have to treat them the same way as everyone else, which is speech is acceptable, labor toward villainy is unacceptable. Here's an excerpt from the search warrant uh, that does indicate the FBI was involved at some level in this. Uh, Point number 92, part of the search warrant, says, During the February 9th meeting, blank, that's Mr. Shahab, I believe, yeah, Shahab, uh, assured CS1, and that's their short term for confidential source one, so an unnamed informant who is likely paid by the FBI mm-hmm. uh, to be a confidential source, said that Mr. Shahab said he will pay the CS1 back money for the airfare and hotel room. That means the FBI's confidential source gave Mr. Shahab money to do a thing. In this case, it might have been to go down to Dallas and actually, you know, look at his house or whatever the purpose was. But they made this possible for the guy. Well, the FBI... They greased the wheels. The FBI was jealous of the CIA. I mean, the CIA gets to pay terrorists all the time. And the FBI is like, well, can't we pay this terrorist just a little bit? Uh, it goes on to talk about the different in- engagements that this person had with the confidential source. But going on with a story from Forbes, Shahab is an Iraqi national who'd been in the U.S. since 2020 and had an asylum application pending, according to the FBI search warrant application. Federal agents used two different confidential sources to investigate the plot, one who claimed to offer assistance obtaining false immigration and identification documents, the second a purported customer of the alleged people smuggler who was willing to pay thousands of dollars to bring his family into the country. As a criminal complaint against the suspect has not been made public, Forbes is not publishing the full warrant. So apparently we don't even have uh, a complaint against him at this point. The uh, chief of staff for George W. Bush said... And then they go on to praise the uh, the FBI. In November, Shahab revealed to an FBI insider the plot to assassinate Bush and asked the confidential source if he knew how to, quote, obtain replica or fraudulent police and or FBI identifications or badges, unquote, to help carry out the killing and whether it was possible to smuggle the plotters out of the country the same way they came in and after their mission was complete. Now, the, the question you really need to ask, and we're not going to get the answer probably from any mainstream media source, is how did Mr. Shahab end up in touch with the confidential source? What was the means by which they connected with this person right. for him to reveal oh, this plot? Let me, let me guess, a chat room? Possibly. A telephone, it's, perhaps? It's a good guess. Texting? 
Uh, the alleged smuggler said he also wanted to find and assassinate a former Iraqi general who helped Americans during the war and whom he believed was living under a fictitious identity in the United States. The alleged plotter claimed to be part of a unit called Al-Rayed, meaning Thunder, that was led by a former Iraqi pilot for Saddam Hussein who'd been based out of Qatar until his recent death, the warrant said. As many as seven members of the group would be sent to the U.S. to kill President Bush, according to a conversation described in the warrant, and the Shahab's job, I don't know why they call him the Shahab, maybe they mean his family, was to locate and conduct surveillance on former President Bush's residences and or offices and obtain firearms and vehicles to use in the assassination. Now, here's another question. If this guy was actually involved in a plot that involved others, like to bring in people to the United States, and he was supposedly part of this special unit, Al-Rayad, the Thunder unit, why would they go ahead and arrest him alone? If indeed he was going to smuggle in other people to assist him with this plot, why wouldn't they use the opportunity to go ahead and call her six or seven more people or whatever, right? Like, oh, these guys are going to come across the border at some point. We know the guy who's setting this thing up. He knows where they're going to be crossing. He's obviously going to meet up with them at some point. Why wouldn't they go ahead and, you know, follow this plot along a little further? Why pop him at this point? Good question. Well, couldn't tell you. I'm sure that they did a very calculated analysis at what the PR effects of mm-hmm. just nabbing this one versus nabbing six or seven other people. And they said, well, the the risk and the investment is just not worth that big of a difference in how we're seen by the public. Could be. Yeah, make no mistake about it, listeners. There is definitely a uh, large marketing campaign going on, uh, paid for, of course, by your tax dollars, and uh, put on, of course, by folks known as government, the the cartel known as government where they're trying to convince you that the United States has a gun problem. And I assure you that the only gun problem the United States has is that there's too many guns in the hands of the folks calling themselves government. After traveling to Dallas with the informant to take video of Bush's residence, so the informant held this man's hand through this entire circumstance, right? It sounds like from... The brief clip from this Warren application that we get, it sounds like the informant also paid his way to go to Dallas, right? So this guy is probably too poor to do any of this on his own. So the FBI greased the wheels the entire way along and then literally held his hand while they went and took pictures or video of George Bush's residence. The accused took more footage at the George W. Bush uh, Institute, according to federal agents, and the, uh, uh, let's see, the Bush who... Uh, referred to, oh, they actually referred to his his gaffe bush bush was in the news last week when he had inadvertently referred to the u.s invasion of iraq in a speech about the russian invasion of ukraine they remind us here he was president in 2001 through 2009 yeah, so the reason i mentioned the marketing campaign is because that is a possibility right it's possible that they had this thing going on and they're like hey you know what if we arrest this guy now maybe we can generate enough press to forward our you know campaign you know in such a direction that kind of thing They talk more about the people he wanted to import, Uh, apparently men from Iraq that are currently in Iraq, Turkey, Egypt, and Denmark, but it doesn't sound like they actually got to that part. I'd be upset if someone made a Freudian slip about murdering my family, too. There's more coming up here in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us and share your thoughts. How far was the FBI behind this? 
It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here and you can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. Talking about the latest supposed plot to kill the former president, George W. Bush. Supposed ISIS plot. But the real question is, how many of those supposed ISIS members were actually FBI agents and or confidential sources. My my the prevailing memory that I have when somebody mentions George Bush that I don't think will ever go away, you know, if it's you know, my top memory, if you will, of, of George W. Bush is the guy chucking the, the shoe boat. at him. Oh the, yeah, the shoe. The shoe. I just yeah. That was pretty entertaining. I wish that would happen more often. Let's go to your calls and thoughts so you can bring up whatever you want. Gigi is on the line in South Carolina. Gigi, go ahead. Good evening, gentlemen. I have a question I would like to understand properly. Mm -hmm. I would like to know, where do libertarians classify or look at or interpret assisted suicide insofar as you guys were previously talking about culpability and accessory to the fact? Could you please clarify and explain for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think in specific terms of Dr. Kevorkian. I support it. Yeah. It's, for me, it's an individual decision that is voluntary and, Libertarians use the word voluntary a lot. It's, uh, I think, a key term in libertarian philosophy or the you know freedom philosophy in general. And so, like, for me, I'm like, how would it apply to me? Because, like, that's the first place you're going to look. For me, if I, I don't want to be a burden to anybody, you know, my family or, you know, my sister's family or, you know, nephews, nieces, whatever, when I get old, because I don't have any kids of my own or whatever mm-hmm. to be a burden to, but... I don't want to really be a burden to anyone. And also, like, if I outlive my usefulness, if I can no longer be you know, productive in some way, right? I can't write, I can't read, I can't play music, I can't you know, speak mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, if I can no longer be productive and, and give something to society, then this is an option I might consider, right? Because I, I don't want to burden anybody. I don't want to cost anybody any extra money. Mm-hmm. I also don't want to, like... Really be alive if I can't contribute in some way to right. What's humanity. the point of living if all you're doing is sucking down food and you know and, and breathing. breathing air? Right. So 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 how do we get governments, state and or federal, out of that individual's choice to end his or her life with however he or she interprets it as dignity? My decision, my personal choice, my individual liberty. You have to change uh, people's mindsets. Now, was it Washington or Oregon where they legalized assisted suicide? Oregon, thank you. Uh, I don't know if it has happened in any other states since. There's more than one, but I'm not sure. I think it may have happened elsewhere, but uh, that is something that needs to change. And unfortunately, it's it's a legislative change. It's the same. It's the same way we get government out of everything else. So what we have, we have to come to our senses about this. We have to stop saying that there are different rules that apply to the government than apply to me. And we have to answer the question, whose body are you living in? I believe it's yours. You made it. You breathed life into it when you emerged. And you've been feeding it since. So it's your body. And while I may despise your decision to just suddenly leave everyone... 
it's still your decision. And what they want you to believe is that it is society's body that you are living mm. in, that you owe kind society like, your existence. Kind of like uh, the right to choose regarding aborting a fetus as a privacy issue. I see these two decisions uh, almost identically. Uh, I'm Excellent. Sure, I I'm, agree with you, sir. I'm sure there's people that will disagree with my assessment, but uh, you know, the decision to no longer own yourself and the decision to have an abortion, I think, are right along the same lines, in my opinion. Well, you made a very good point, and I appreciate both of you clarifying the libertarian position on that. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for your call tonight, Gigi. And, and to, to uh, speak to your point about abortion, so it's a very similar question of whose fetus is this? So now uh, there, there is a, a legitimate argument, which I completely disagree with, that the, the fetus belongs to that person. And I'm saying, no, they, they, they haven't put the effort into it. They mm-hmm. haven't mixed their labor with nature because they've never been exposed to nature by the definition of what a fetus is. But uh, the argument that they want you to believe, and this uh, comes very much into play with the right-wing authoritarian uh, perspective, is that the fetus belongs to society. And if Mm. you become impregnated, you have a duty to society to bring that fetus to term. Like in in any suicide, really, to me, uh, you could look at it as it's just a super late-term abortion, self-appointed. I you're, you're aborting completely yourself. Completely disagree. No, I completely disagree. Okay. Yeah. Normally, an abortion is imposed upon another thing. I don't think you could call it. And I disagree with that as well. I don't think that uh, I don't think that abortions are imposed upon another thing at all. I think that an abortion is the same level of a decision as if I want to give you my kidney. I do it's support an- very late term abortions for politicians, though. But it, what I mean, if and I say, don't because abortions don't require consultation or trial. Well, when I say and imposed, I believe in trying them before we execute I'm them for their course, crimes. But, yeah, when I say imposed, I mean there's usually another person involved in a, in accomplishing it. You don't do a self-abortion typically, whereas suicide, you can certainly uh, right, you can yeah. certainly kill yeah. yourself without having to ask anybody else's yeah. permission. In fact, there was a story I don't know within the last year or so about a Swedish 3D printed coffin. Basically, that uh, was essentially a kill-yourself coffin. And maybe coffin's Ooh. not the right word for it, but somebody came up with a design where you hook up, I don't remember if it was like nitrogen or there was some sort of kill-you chemical. Yeah. That, uh, you I know, think I remember talking about this yeah, at some point. You, you like put this canister or whatever, you order a canister of this, this uh, you know, element, yeah. and uh, the, the thing that you're in is airtight, and then you press a button... <laughs> So that way it's not like assisted suicide. The doctor sets up the thing and then allows you to, right. to do it or whatever. Somebody else case, has to initiate it. But, in this yeah. case, you would do the entire thing. You could print the thing yourself, right. apparently. And didn't it look like a cryogenic pod Yeah, or it looked something? like a coffin yeah. or a pod or yeah. something like that. Well, and you press this button and this this element, this gas or whatever, goes into the chamber and then you're you're dead. So in both the case of removing your human-creating organ... And ending your life, if you do it by yourself, you have a lower chance of success. But, uh, for example, there are abortive herbs and have been for centuries that are known about to end pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Now, is that less effective than, say, undergoing a, a removing surgery? 
Probably. Mm-hmm. And is your chance of uh, surviving a suicide attempt on your own significantly higher? Oh, yeah. Sure. So, I mean, it, it, it's... Unless uh, you get one of these coffins. I don't think you can well, survive this thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it is, to me, the option to take your own life is a right. It should be. I, I don't think. Absolutely. I don't think it's a good idea. No. Most of the time. No. Right. Particularly most if most of the things you have a right to do are terrible yeah, ideas. Particularly if you're having some sort of a you know a mental breakdown or you're suffering from depression, something like that. Uh, because I can I tell know, you, if more politicians did it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bat an eye. I'm. I might actually throw a party. But yeah, you remember there was that one guy that just offed himself in front of video cameras back in the '80s or whatever. Politician. Yeah, there was this politician that, I don't know if he was getting caught in a uh, some sort of, I forget what he got caught in. Yeah. Like he got caught for something dirty, and he went and gave a speech, pulled out a pistol from a, a paper bag or whatever, and just did it right there in front of the uh, the cameras. Wow. Pretty, it's pretty crazy. I kind of want a note in both cases. A like, note? A note, yeah. A suicide note, yeah. you mean? Yeah, like, okay, so that guy really should have explained, okay, here's what I did. I'm a terrible, awful person. Mm. I'm a criminal. Here are all of the people I've hurt. Therefore, boom. Mm. Now, in the same way, like, if someone is in a disturbed mental state, that might be a temporary situation, which is why it's a lot more cut and dry if you, like, take the time to say goodbye, which, like, yeah, you can kill yourself, but if you do it out of nowhere, that is way more harmful to people than, like, giving them some chance to, like, brace themselves. There was a time in my life when I was, uh, they called it a a student counselor. It wasn't in school, but I... was acting as a counselor to some folks whom couldn't talk to officially employed people, particularly about things like suicide, for example, because then they would be forced to turn these people in to the authorities or whatever. So they used people like me to do this. And I can tell you at least three people contemplated suicide were later on very glad that they did not go through it because things do always get better in that respect. Tends to be the case. Uh, And that's why people should talk to somebody first. The number is 603-283-6160. But then again, if you're terminally ill or something like that, I don't blame you. Uh, More coming up. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Kicking off the third hour here. Live Saturday show. Phones are open as always, and you can join us. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Peakless Mountain. And some guy who cannot air drum. Coming up, we're going to get into uh, Peakless. You wanted to talk about CBDCs, the Central Bank Digital Currencies. Uh, We can get into that here. But there's just a couple more points I think are worth making in regards to this supposed ISIS plot to kill George W. Bush. It was reported in the mainstream media over the last week or so, and I immediately was suspicious just based on the headlines. Like, why is ISIS doing anything right. with George W. Bush? You know, half a de- or a decade and a half later, and when you start actually reading the mainstream media report it becomes pretty clear that it was actually the FBI that was involved at a high level uh, with this. There are at least two confidential informants who are identified in the search warrant in this particular case, one of whom in the excerpt provided by Forbes, and this isn't, by the way, the point of the Forbes article. The Forbes article isn't to out the FBI. 
It's just if you read the article, you can come to the conclusion that the FBI was involved. The headline is not FBI involved in supposed ISIS plot, which is the actual, in my opinion, story here. The headline is exclusive ISIS plotting to assassinate George W. Bush in Dallas. Well, where's the evidence that ISIS was doing anything? You've got one guy who that they've arrested. His name is Shahab Ahmed Shihab Shihab. Shihab, who put the lang in the lang in the ding And he lives in like Columbus. Uh, lives in Columbus, Ohio. They got this one guy, and supposedly he was going to bring in some some people. He was going to in, import uh, people. According to this story, in, in a conversation with a confidential source, FBI source, the suspect said he was planning to get four Iraqi national males located in Iraq, Turkey, Egypt, and Denmark into the United States, according to the warrant. In a later conversation, he claimed that one of the four was, quote, the secretary of an ISIS financial minister. The alleged smuggler described the men as former Ba'ath Party members in Iraq who did not agree with the current Iraqi government and are political exiles. He was planning to charge each of them $15,000 to be smuggled into America. The FBI said. Uh, And so, again, this comes back to my other question of, well, if indeed these men really existed and that they themselves weren't FBI plants that he was talking to this whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll help you with this thing. Oh, we just need you to plot to import us. And that way they can charge him with, you know, conspiracy to commit whatever the charge is when you try to import somebody without permission. Right. And it sounds like they had cash to throw around, too. Yes, they were buying things. The confidential informant, uh, it sounds like they paid for his way to go to Dallas and take photographs. They they actually accompanied him. One of the FBI uh, confidential sources accompanied him to George W. Bush's home and took photographs and, and video and, and so on. Well, that narrative is not in the government-approved Overton window. What do you mean? So what is allowed to be spoken about, uh, I'm guessing this is some manner of uh, corporate media that's telling us this story. Forbes. Okay. Yeah, perfect. So Forbes has absolutely every interest in maintaining its existence inside the government-approved Overton window. Certain things you can talk about, certain things you cannot talk about, certain narratives are acceptable. There's more than one, usually two, but certain narratives are acceptable. One of those narratives is, see how our brave FBI agents are foiling ISIS even in our own country. Yes, that's what this is about. That is an acceptable narrative. Yep. What is not an acceptable narrative is questioning the value of what the FBI does in their interactions with uh, suspected terrorists. Or questioning whether or not this man would have done anything to further his alleged plot without the assistance, financial and otherwise, of the FBI. Yeah, Yeah, that's way outside. Yeah. I mean, how does that glorify politicians? How does that steal power from individuals? And if it doesn't steal power from individuals, you're not allowed to say it. So I want to skip down to uh, another detail here. Shahab was convinced his WhatsApp account was secure, but of course the FBI had gotten a warrant to put essentially what is called a pen register on the account, which would identify how often the account was used, what numbers it was contacting, and when it was active. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shahab seemed convinced it was secure, but it was unaware the confidential sources were passing on messages to the FBI. So, of course, even though WhatsApp is supposedly encrypted, if you're talking to somebody who's working for the government, they have the entire chat logs. Uh, Nor was he aware that starting in October, he was using a phone that he was given by the informant... Derp. 
at the FBI's request. So guess what? They put spyware on a phone and then had the their agent, well, their informant, who's yeah. basically their agent, working for them, hand it to them. So Reminds they, the, me of the Anon phones. Did you hear about those? Uh, the you know, the ones the FBI created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the yeah. uh, the mafiosos the were like uh, were passing these around because they were oh the perfect anonymous burner phones yep. uh, that the FBI, FBI handed made them. to you. Yeah. So yeah, the FBI provided this guy with a phone. The FBI provided him with uh, plane plane fares. Uh, the informant noted the target was a keen user of WhatsApp and was a member of both and ISIS chat groups on the app. Now, if you just take that statement at face value, it makes it sound like, oh, ISIS is on WhatsApp. And maybe there are people who believe there are ISIS that are on WhatsApp. But again, like the situation with the the Michigan quote-unquote militia, where, I don't know, was it a majority of them were FBI agents? We don't have an exact count, but yeah. it was more than a few, from what I understand. How many of the people who are in the supposed Baath and ISIS chat rooms are actually themselves FBI agents. 90%? That that brings us back to the story about the Buffalo guy with the chat room and the 15 people he sent the thing. Mm-hmm. How, the many of them, how many of them were actual people versus FBI agents? I'd also like to take this opportunity to point out ex-CIA affiliate ISIS may mm. be involved in this. I mean... They might be. Uh, yeah. no, no, I mean, like, the, this whole hard story is about it. ISIS, right? Well, ISIS, gee, where did they come from? Did maybe possibly the Central Intelligence Agency train up a bunch of Afghanistan warriors to fight the Soviet Union? Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly except, where they came except from. Except back, back in the day, they were called the Afghani Freedom Fighters. Of course. Because they were against Russia at that point and thus getting the, the funding and the training and all that kind of stuff. But once once they were you know out of that, once Russia had left or whatever, then they became ISIS instead mm-hmm. of, uh, as far as the U.S. is concerned, right? All of the, the government officials started referring to them differently instead of calling them the Afghani Freedom Fighters, right? Then they, were, they became ISIS somehow. Mm-hmm. So we don't know a whole lot. Again, the the complaint against this man hasn't even been revealed, so there's very little to go on here. But just based on the scant amount that we do have provided by the mainstream media, it seems pretty clear the FBI, through their confidential uh, informants, were highly involved in whatever this supposed ISIS plot was. There's no evidence whatsoever that ISIS, quote-unquote, was actually involved in anything. Just because they have one guy in the United States who believes he's part of ISIS because he was in a chat room, probably with other FBI agents pretending to be ISIS, <laughs> doesn't mean that ISIS themselves, whoever that is, yeah. actually had anything to do with this. Or maybe they did. Again, we don't know. It's well, too early to, well, to say. But given maybe, the way the FBI behaves, it seems like it was all there. Well, maybe it's like Anonymous and Antifa that as soon as you believe in the Islamic State in you Syria, are. you are part yes. of ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> If you but that does it. make it a lot less threatening than yeah. like an organized terrorist force. Yeah, and again, you you know, my question before, if there were other guys, this guy was supposedly a smuggler. He was supposed it, later in the story it says that he allegedly 
claimed that he'd already smuggled two individuals associated with Hezbollah in, into the country. So supposedly he's going to charge $15,000 a piece and smuggle four guys in that he says are, you know, going to help him or whatever. Well, why wouldn't they just let it play out? And the reason, in my opinion, beyond your speculation that it just wasn't worth the weight or whatever for the PR value that they would get out of it, which is a fair consideration, I think it was because they probably weren't who he thought they were. It's probably because they were just people in a chat room mm-hmm. who were actual FBI agents who never had the intention to be smuggled in because they were sitting in an office in you know Washington, D.C. instead of in Turkey or wherever it was that he thought that they were. And the truth is we'll never know. For nope. all we know, these were actual terrorists that the CIA said, no, 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 leave them here. We have a plan for those guys. Should be. Who knows what the truth is? And of course, if the guy takes the plea deal, then none of these things will ever well, be brought out of court. How old is Bush now? Doesn't he have one foot in the grave anyway? 70, I think. 75. 75. Yeah. Uh, the number is uh, 603-283-6160. You want to weigh in, you can join us here. CBDC's coming up. Free Talk Live. Phones open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Fork Fest is coming up fast. We are one month away. Get your forks ready. From the, uh, the, the decentralized Libertarian Camping Festival that happens here in New Hampshire, the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's going to be June 27th through July 3rd uh, this year. And, of course, it comes the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is a sold-out event this year. Last year it was sold out for the first time ever. This year they increased the number of tickets by 500 and sold out again. Uh, so the Pork Fest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, is going to be packed. The Fork Fest happens a week after. It's much more laid back, although we don't know how many people are going to show up. It could be really busy this year. We have no idea. There's no tickets for Fork Fest. You just get your RV site, your motel room, or your camping site from Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd and come hang out uh, over a week. Or if you can only come up for the weekend, come up for that because that's when the hotel has a spectacular fireworks show that's been going on for more than 40 years uh, at that location. I mean, it's just it's worth it to come out just for a few days if that's all you can do. Uh, but we'll look forward to seeing you there. You can go to ForkFest.Party to learn more about the event. Connect in advance via the ForkFest chat rooms. There's a forum as well so you can find out what other people are planning to do because it's kind of a do your own thing uh, where if you want to create a thing for people to enjoy, maybe it's playing poker, maybe it's you're going to cook for people. You can have your own fest with blackjack and hookers. You can do that, absolutely, <laughs> uh, at ForkFest.Party. So you can go learn more about that again, June 27th through July 3rd. That's coming up fast. You should be making your plans now if you haven't gotten your campsite I was, yet. I was explaining ForkFest to, to somebody that didn't really have a grip on it and they thought that it was like, is it one of those food truck festivals? Because it's called Fork Fest. That'd be right? awesome. Bring Please, a food truck. Know. Hell yeah. yeah. Truck. <laughs> I don't think we've had that yet. There have been some people cooking at Fork Fest in the past, but I don't think I, an actual food truck has been there for the full week. It would be great if that actually happened. Uh, but it's up to you guys. You, yeah, I'm excited to, to see what happens this year because uh, Pork Fest is so oversold. Yeah. So... I mean, it could go either way where there's just like a really nice let off of mm-hmm. like all of the hustle and bustle, or it might just be that a bunch of people stick around for a little while. We yeah. will see. Uh, let's go to your phone calls, though. Stephen is on the line in Washington. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. 
All right, so I got to say this. Uh, conspiracy business right now is a good time to be in that business. It's a coincidence that this 18-year-old kid in Uvalde had $5,000 to just go splurge on these nice rifles, and then the cops were told to stay in the hallway. Just the coincidence just doesn't make sense to me, Maybe man. he's a good saver. I mean, I had a, I had $10,000 when I graduated uh, high school. Uh, he did shoot his grandma, too, yeah. supposedly. So, you know, maybe he, knew, stolen it. maybe he knew how to spend her money or had access to, you know, credit or something. I don't know. But you're certainly right. It is suspicious. I have never found any of these to have no suspiciousness to it. To the greater argument that it's a good time to be in the conspiracy business, well, there's there's a lot of scarcity of conspiracies because... They're coming uh, true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, there's memes going around. They're like, if you know a conspiracy theorist or you have one in your life, you need to say thank you. <laughs> say sorry. Yeah. I mean, we are running out of, like, harebrained schemes here. Oh, uh, can, can I run a few of them just real quick? Sure. Uh, so uh, just some harebrained schemes. I don't think they'll happen, but I want to get this out. Uh, alien invasion. People have I been think saying that be for fake. a long time. I, I think uh, we don't know, man. Like, this is the crash of the empire. They might try to stage an alien invasion. Um, uh, Russian hackers, uh, another real possibility. Like, uh, that bring down the internet. Well, and, if anything gets hacked, they're going to blame Russia. But whether it was Russian or not, I mean, it does make you wonder. Could very well be the FBI. Oh, oh and uh, one that I just came up with, uh, uh, monkey smallpox. Oh, you just been, came up with that yes, one. Yes, yes. Uh, there's been, like, there were a couple of, like, weird little news stories of, like, uh, uh, smallpox vials going missing and stuff <laughs> or being found where they shouldn't be. And, like, there's this whole monkeypox thing. Yeah. And Lord knows they loved what we did for COVID. I thought like, the, uh, oh, these obedient serfs are doing I, exactly what we tell them. I hate to so, be Captain Grammar, but I, I believe the K is silent. Uh, the money, money pox. pox. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, don't get me wrong. If they if they can, they're going to make a buku <laughs> bit of bucks off of this. Steven, one. what else do you want to share? Anything else? I guess he's gone. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate Somebody it. Somebody sprayed a can of Steven. Let's gone. Go. Yeah, I, I mean, made uh, well, and, and uh, just a, a quick note, like, uh, so Alex Jones got in trouble for basically doubting too much. Uh, and yeah, he he he. Took a little too much doubt when the Sandy Hook came around, mm-hmm. but I can totally understand like reaching the point where you're like, "Wow, I hear about all these terrible things that have a lot of suspicious elements through a media corporation conglomerate that I do not trust." So who knows what's yeah. actually happening in reality? I prefer to have conspiracy theorists around because, really, most conspiracy theorists are pretty good at pattern recognition, and then also. Like it goes back to like Socrates, man. Like if you're not allowed to question mm-hmm. everything, then I mean something else is going on. There's somebody trying to control you. You should be able to question everything. You should be able to follow the evidence until your heart's content and and theorize and suppose of what might be. Mm-hmm. It's called having an imagination, right? You've just got to remember to question your questioning instead of like having faith in a conspiracy theory that Correct. you have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I could be wrong, but I think... Yeah. yeah, question the official story. Also, question your own story. Well, hmm. what happened with the Alex Jones case? I didn't follow it very closely. He denied the existence of the school shooting in Connecticut, right? The one at the, the first one at the elementary school? I was uh, completely out of the corporate media loop at the time, so mm-hmm. I actually didn't get a full story. But yeah, basically, uh, he denied that there was a Sandy Hook shooting. And basically, uh, those people said that hurt our feelings, and so pay us millions of dollars? 
dollars. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't. I didn't follow it. I wasn't paying attention. That's that's the gist of what I got from you know not again not looking at it closely. If somebody out there followed that case closely and can specify what that was actually about because that seems outrageous right like that just because somebody gets on the on the air on a radio show and has an opinion that is insane right the the whole idea that that shooting didn't happen seems pretty crazy but that was what he apparently was promoting and that that would make him liable for something that seems absolutely sick and to me the story here is the reporting on his reporting because there are literally two things that your average person if they know about him at all will have heard about they will have heard of the sandy hook thing Mm -hmm. and they will heard about the gay frogs and like that's it and really, he is surprisingly difficult to discredit because he keeps his theories keep come, getting he's been announced wrong a ton. If you go back yeah. and you look at all the predictions Alex Jones has made, he's like Nostradamus, you know, where he's wrong ninety six or ninety nine or whatever percent of the time. And of course, if you make enough predictions, you're going to hit something. Well, yeah, don't make predictions. But when he's talking about what is happening, he's usually right. Now, if he's talking about what is going to happen, we're going to be invaded by the CCP tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, he's going to be wrong about that. Yeah. But I if only, he's like, the CCP did X, Y, and Z, he's usually got the documents to show that. I only paid attention to Alex Jones for a short period of time, and I learned way more from the guests he'd have on his show than I mm. ever did from him. Fair the point. number, if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves, by the way. You don't have to talk about what we've been discussing here up whatever is on your mind. I know people wanted to, to uh, get into CBDCs, the central bank digital currencies on the international scene. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday episode of the show. And the phones are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. We have a social media platform at social.freetalklive.com. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. Other Free Talk Live hosts are there as well, and it is free. We run the platform, so it's not some sort of big tech mega corporation thing. Uh, it is there for you, so please enjoy over at uh, social.freetalklive.com. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. First up, Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Major. Well, I have heard through the grapevine that this monkeypox thing is basically spread through transition of bodily fluids like the AIDS virus was. And uh, evidently there's been an outbreak which is astronomically huge considering how they've been saying, oh, there's one here and there's one there. 28 of them in Quebec. So I was wondering if Quebec was one of these gay bastions and if this uh, isn't being spread by... uh, Wild simian sex, or should we call it monkey love? Perhaps there's an orgy at the zoo? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, it, they say that the AIDS virus came from... Uh, the blue monkey, sex. or the green monkey, I'm not sure. One, a colored monkey of some sort. Well, who well, knows? Now it's got to be colored monkeys. <laughs> I just can't remember which color. It was the, the green, the green monkey. Or, yeah. 
Well, you see, Canadians have grown tired of being polite, and now they greet each other by spitting each other's eyes. Uh, Major, I don't know if Quebec is any more gay than the rest of the provinces in Canada. I've not, never heard that, but then again, I, I don't really put my ear to the ground to uh, to listen for those sorts of things. So uh, thanks for the call tonight. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. a really good laugh i got with all the by the way it's the yellow and green monkeys not the blue monkeys it's yeah i was just looking it up on my magic rectangle it says a, a new family tree for african green monkey so it's indeed the green monkey not the blue monkey what do you call it the blue monkeys i don't really know what but... are we saying about the green monkey it started the monkey pox uh, no what? they were uh the green monkey was blamed for the origin of the aids, AIDS? virus for oh, okay. somehow it transitioned from the green monkey to humans and mm, of course people can only, only assume how that was done uh-huh. Well, this is what happens when you expose to seawater uh, sea the brass monkey. That, that funky monkey. monkey. <laughs> All right, Sarah, what are you uh, calling about tonight? Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say that using lard in our cooking has become fashionable. So it's a trend. Now we're finding that natural lard, cholesterol, um, is actually good for us. Yeah. So this has been hmm. done... For hundreds of years, pie, uh, to make pie crust and biscuits were made of using lard. And so that... Until Crisco that, uh, ruined it all. <laughs> well, actually, Crisco is probably more lethal. Oh, yeah. The, uh, shortening is actually a um, man-made material, I mean, man-made oil. What they do yeah. is a, it's so-called hydrogenated, but they, got, they take a vegetable oil and they force hydrogen mo- molecules... On the vegetable oil, they, they, that's why it's called hydrogenated, you know, Sarah, you're, but it's artificial. You're, you're spot on, and I only know this because uh, I've been uh, engaging in some dietary changes myself recently, hmm. and I've looked up some of this stuff. Uh, it is true that uh, you know the, uh, the industry had it wrong. The food pyramid that we were all taught in school was wrong. That was the government that uh, created that. Absolutely, it yeah. was. And uh, you know, good fats exist uh, from animal fats, from plants and all that kind of thing and in fact it's it's carbohydrates that are the poison and are the mm. evil to a larger extent than than fat fat will kill you uh, probably but less so than uh, carbohydrates and of course processed foods so you're saying sarah is absolutely right about something and also this might be the best call i think sarah has ever had <laughs> like she well, yeah. the thing is, they have been lying about the natural cholesterol so cholesterol yeah. and avocados cholesterol and cheese um, and lard and bacon grease and butter natural butter all good for you why would you trust the government then if you know they're lying to you about one of the most basic things sarah about what you put in your body if they're willing to lie to you about that why do you believe them on so many other things and and think they're good the government um well i mean some of them are well depending on who the like the pharmaceutical was behind this so they could sell their medication, depending on who are they, imp- you know, bought out by the oil So you company, know the medical the industrial company. complex is a big scam. Well, of course. Okay. Of course. All right. We're on the same page on that one. Uh, would you agree the, mi- uh, the military industrial complex is also a big scam? Well, of course. Okay. All of right. Course, so we agree, uh, we agree on that one. So you can't right. trust those people. Why would you trust anyone in a position of power? Well, I mean, some of them, they, they actually try to do good. And some of them, the, 
does, I mean, the good does come of it. You need government for a lot of the things. I mean, I went to the art center today, and obviously it's open to the public. I do need services that the government likes to provide exclusively. But the art center could be run by a private group. It could be run by a bunch of art fans, right, that could fund themselves by charging admission or a membership or, you know, a yearly thing. Or as a charity. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sarah, we don't need the, the state to do any of those things, but I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, just a, a quick note good. on the uh, on the Crisco. So uh, uh, these are uh, uh, hydrogenated oils was a, a big issue that became uh, part of the news as trans fats primarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, the original Crisco recipe was a cottonseed oil and any kind of seed oil has tremendous health uh, effects and not positive ones. Yeah. How does uh, margarine factor in here? Is yeah, margarine related? is is uh, fully hydrogenated yeah. oil. Yeah, so it's bad. Yeah, so if you take, uh, I knew uh, it was bad. I just didn't know what its relationship was. Yeah, so you've got uh, basically fats and oils is how we like linguistically categorize them. Mm-hmm. Um, but those aren't technical. But uh, so you've got like butter, right? Uh, butter is supposed to be uh, a solid at room temperature, whereas uh, oils are like, uh, I mean, your vegetable oils are supposed to be liquid at room temperature. So now if you take a vegetable oil and you expose it to a bunch of hydrogen, it warps the the uh, molecular structure of that so that it can then stack up the way that butter does, yeah. which so is it's- pleasing to the, the mouth feel of the thing. But you cannot digest it, and it will literally just wander around in your bloodstream until it just breaks down at random. In Yikes. layman's terms, margarine is fake butter, mm-hmm. right? right? It's it's oil that but has the been government processed during World War War yeah, Two, of by course. The way. And the same thing goes with. Uh, uh, the processed cheese food—it's largely just mm-hmm. oil that tastes like cheese. That's why there was such a. Isn't that what American cheese is? Uh, well, some of them. Uh, American is a style, but if you're talking mm-hmm. about the the slices that you got to peel open, yeah. generally those are the bad ones, right? Okay. So if you're gonna eat stuff, try and eat the closest you can to the natural stuff. Right. Real butter, real cream, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You want you want avocados are good healthy fats for you. Uh, the same thing with like bacon is just fine for you uh you know the fats in that are completely healthy for humans to eat so i've heard that the seed oils are bad news but why is that so all of this has to do with what you have the ability to process Mm -hmm. so like i mean you can take it from the creationist or the evolutionary perspective in either case you end up with a circumstance where the natural world is basically digestible where you possess the enzymes for the things that are naturally found in your environment so you have the enzymes to digest uh, vegetable oils because they're in vegetables and you have the the uh, enzymes to digest uh, like milk fat butter uh, bacon fat things like that but when you start warping and twisting these things on a molecular level or like extracting oil oils from seeds can basically only be done through excessive petrochemical usage mm. and that's the only way to get them out of the seeds. Because we can eat seeds, can we not? We can, yes. but the can, the amount of seeds that you'd have to eat to in order to get that much oil mm-hmm. is extremely high. I see. Yeah, and it's it's the processed foods really mm-hmm. that that are bad for the human beings. They like he's saying they can't process it because it's been put through all this weird and intense processing that it, it's not a naturally occurring Unnatural. thing. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. And poison's always in the dosage. That's true. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. You can join us here and share your thoughts in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up. Free Talk Live. Phone's open. 603 603- 
323-283-6160. If you call now, we should be able to get you in here. Uh, in these remaining moments, happening right now, 603-283-6160. If you don't get in tonight, that's okay. we got a live Sunday show. The captain will be heading up tomorrow night. I will, won't I? Yep, so join him for that. We're on every day, seven days a week. We're live, 7 to 10 at night Eastern Time. We, we had a guy are, aren't we? call in earlier who said, oh, you're only on one hour during the week. No, we're only on your radio station in where he lives because they only carry one hour of our uh, weekday show. But we're here seven, uh, three hours a night, seven di- uh, nights a week. You can go to freetalklive.com, download archives of the show there. You can also subscribe to receive them automatically, which is the easiest way to do it. So if you have a podcast client, a lot of people use iTunes. I don't recommend it, but a lot of people use it. Uh, you put our podcast feed URL into your podcast client, and then it automatically delivers the latest episode to you and you can subscribe to three different podcasts over at feeds.freetalklive.com we get the main podcast which has everything that we put out uh and then there's the digest only one for those of you that are time challenged and then there's the uh episodes only one which has our just our full episodes it doesn't include the digest if you don't care about those so head over to feeds.freetalklive.com peakless you wanted to discuss the looming threat of the cbdc the central bank digital currency people are going to start hearing about this more and more often unfortunately here in the united states it isn't a done deal here yet but the federal reserve bank is looking real hard at doing this, and countries around the world are also. China's been uh, moving forward on this. Other countries, I believe the Bahamas, I think, is in the midst of creating one, if I recall correctly. But what did you want to say about it? Well, so uh, one of the things that's uh, been in the news in a big way re- relatively recently was Russia getting quick uh, kicked off the Swift, sy- uh, Swift. Swift system. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so, the international bank transfer system. Right. So I've got an article here from Swift.com. Uh, New experiments pave way for international payments using CBDCs. And uh, I would just like to say it's not an ocean of CBD, unfortunately. Mm. But it's um, too bad. Thank you. Um, but so basically, the SWIFT system is trying to monopolize the uh, international settlements between these countries' uh, central bank digital currencies. Okay. And uh, the, and, and this is absolutely crucial for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them being that uh, uh, digital ID systems are being brought into being uh, in like the EU, especially in France. Canada has been pushing that recently, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and like and the one in the EU is even called a wallet. So I mean, these have absolutely everything to do with like your social compliance. Heck, Iowa had a uh, a trial in uh, was it Iowa, Idaho, one of the I states. Really, they had a they had a trial. Yeah, we did an article on it here on Free Talk Live, uh, where they were rolling out this. Uh, you know, the equivalent of a digital driver's license. And it was saying that, like, all these things can be tied into it, you know, including, mm. you know, I don't know, your, you know, all the things a driver's license does, right? Including, like, organ donation and that kind of thing. But then also, like, uh, your driving record and, like, paying your tolls and your easy pass and, you know, all these other things could be rolled into this thing. So hmm. it, it's scary stuff. It really is. And I mean, it, like the caller was pointing out earlier, it's a great time to be in conspiracies. And as we re, as we responded, because we're running out, I mean, like, OK, 
how hard is it once you've established a digital identification system that is also your international wallet? And how hard is it to put an RFID chip into your hand that has this? Oh, and of course, it's tied to your entire medical history. And it's your bank system that can be cut off and it is biometrically attached to your face. I mean, this is absolute nightmare fuel. Or it's required for you to power up your vehicle. So if they do cut you off, now you can't go anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, and all the tech is here for all of this. Yes. Yeah, I mean, how many cars like, oh, well, I don't even have to put my key into my card. It just has to detect that I have my key. I have to be near. Right. Yes. Right. And how convenient would it be? I, I mean, and it kind of ties into uh, uh, you, you had mentioned that uh, uh, they kind of want to do away with pass, uh, password systems and yeah. just have it biometrically attached. Mm. I mean, wouldn't it just be so perfectly convenient to have all of these systems running together in a single system call it web 3.0 and we'll we'll use blockchain technologies i mean not distributed blockchain technologies Mm -hmm. no we need central control for these systems how else are we going to turn off the bank accounts of the bad people and how do we know the bad people well whatever we decide are bad people well, we already know that China, of course, has its social credit system, yep. and that is uh, there's a digital component uh, to that. It's primarily digital, mm-hmm. and of course, it goes way back. Though I mean, they've had different uh, categories that people in society have been part of for decades in communist countries, and that that happens in. North Korea as well, where if you know if you're a potential threat to the state, you're not in the good category. You're in the we're watching you constantly category. And China's got that too. Now they've digitized it. It's uh, very reminiscent of Brave New World, you know, where there's there's you know this one class of people that I mean it gives off grid a whole new meaning, right? Where you can own that you've been cut off by. Mm-hmm by the system, right? There's only one system, and you've been cut off by it. And so now you're relegated to, like, a life outside of all the luxuries. You know, you're an outlaw. You are literally an outlaw, and you live outside of the technologically advanced community because you can be cut off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's literally a, a class-dividing system. And honestly... I think both of these are real possibilities, even simultaneously. Like, it's not even a one or the other. Because, like, yes, they are absolutely setting up a digital biometric control grid. However, I can be my own bank. And I got to tell you, in my community, I can buy food, I can pay for rent, and they can shut down my bank account all they want. And it's not going to even slow me down. So there's going to be both of these possibilities existing simultaneously of you can be in the swift verified, potentially, central bank digital currency of whatever country Mm -hmm. you have been unfortunately born to, or you might just come live in New Hampshire and If you're libertarian, we want you to come here. If you're you're not, you should stay away. Yeah, well, I mean, if you would like to stay out of the, you know, socio-fascist global system... This is a way of doing it. Let's go to Jack in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live, Jack. Well, Sarah's call was pretty awesome earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's on your mind? Yeah. Today? Well, it made me think. It's like, remember the government? Remember the triangle where the bread was at the top and the proteins were yeah. at the bottom? The yeah. food the pyramid. pyramid. We there actually talked reverse. about that over the break. Yeah. 
Yeah, and now it's been like, I don't know if a triangle can do a 180, but it sure has. Mm -hmm. So if people of common sense would just refer to that one simple thing, and I, uh, they could they could come to the understanding that government doesn't know anything, and they just teach the lies they're Oh, no, 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 them. that's where you're mistaken. No, 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 the okay. government knows exactly what they're doing. It's the fact that they have okay, been yeah. paid by the people who are growing a lot mm. of wheat and have the wheat as a primary and very controlled export. Yeah. They're the ones that got the government through their uh, through their agencies to say, here's the food pyramid that they are definitely going to put out in the in the public school system. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's a direct message that the population, if they're awake at all, they should be able to realize that, that that's what the government's doing. I'm, I'm saying that's a sign that the government is purposely doing these things. And then on diet, real quick, I'm going to get off, but being a vegan, if you want to be a vegan, be a vegan, a vegetarian. But do you think it's healthier to pick one or the other, combine the two? And that's my last I don't think anyone here is a vegan. I'm not uh, in the room now. No, no but I think does I'm that not, make you healthier? I, I don't know. I, I believe, uh, I know that there are vegans that exist in the planet and uh, that I'm, I've am i even known people who are, and they seem perfectly healthy to me. There are also vegans who have left veganism and they swear that they feel better after they've left. So, I mean, everybody's different. Maybe it's right for some people and not so right for a lot of other people. Yeah, when it, when it comes to diet and to medicine, there are tendencies and trends, but to apply them to a particular individual is very difficult. Thanks, Jack, for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, the CBDC is a threat and a lot of people don't understand it. It is something they've been talking about for a long time. You talk about uh, control grids and conspiracy theories coming true. The federal government, of course, has been pushing real ID, so-called, yeah. for close to two decades now. They have yet to actually, as I understand it, still officially roll it out. Remember they were Make saying... It mandatory They or kept whatever. saying yeah. they were going to require it for people to fly on airlines. And right. they had like a firm deadline of October 2020 or 2021 or whatever. And they, and, and they said that it was a firm deadline this time. They pushed it back again. So like they, they keep pushing it back. Well, they they want to check who's willing to risk not being allowed to fly. Yeah. Oh, turns out it's a lot of people willing to risk it. Yeah. So, you know, it's a slow rollout, but we can see what their plan is. And we've been talking about it for years here on Free Talk Live. We'll certainly keep an eye on it. And the CBDCs are the latest, latest plot. And we will continue to update you as we learn more. We'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime. You can join us at freetalklive.com. Enjoy your weekend.